there was an elderly priest who, at the end of his life, he died and went to heaven. And uh, there was also a cab driver at the same time who died very close to him. And so they happened to meet each other right at the gates of St. Peter. And as they're about to enter, uh, St. Peter assigns each one of them their place. And he said to the priest first, here's your place. And he walks the priest to his place, and it's a tiny little one-bedroom apartment. And then he takes the cab driver to his place, and it was this giant, huge, beautiful mansion. And the priest said to St. Peter, I don't get it. Like, my whole life I've given to you, it, it doesn't seem fair that I would get this, and he would get the mansion. And St. Peter said to the priest, he said, well, I got to tell you, every time that you preached, uh, half the people fell asleep, and the other half of the people were reading their bulletin the whole time. <laughs> and then he said, in this, this cab driver, though, anytime he drove the cab, people stayed awake and they prayed the entire time. <laughs> so I want to talk about fairness. We hear this throughout the first reading and, and the gospel. We're, we're hearing what it means uh, about God's fairness. And we hear in the first reading from the prophet Ezekiel, he says, thus says the Lord, you people say that the Lord's way is not fair. So we tend to do that too. We say, God, this isn't fair. You know, what we have to deal with in life. And he says, is it the Lord's way that is unfair or is it your ways that are unfair? And so he turns it back on the people. And I think, too, we have this struggle, especially in our culture today, where um, we just live in this age of, uh, almost an age where people don't even believe in God. And so even the natural order that we have, the, the, the natural um, rules that God has given to us, even those are kind of being, like, pushed aside. And what we're discovering is that the more that we as people and as a country turn away from God, we're saying it's, it's our ways that are right our ways that are fair, not God's ways that are fair. And so the prophet is, is saying to, to them, he's warning them, he's saying, if you're, if you're saying that your way is right and God's way is wrong, there's a problem there. And so he says at the very end of it, since he has turned away from all the sins he has committed, he surely will not die. So if we turn away from the sins that we have committed, we surely will not die. What does it take to turn away from our sin? I think, first of all, it's realizing that God sets the order for what is good and holy and beautiful and true, not us. And in our culture, we have the, this um, kind of person-centered culture that says, I determine what is good, what is true. So we hear this uh, again in the gospel, where Jesus says to uh, the, he gives this parable, and he talks about this man that had two sons. And he's asking them to both go out into the vineyard and to work. And, and he said to his first son, son, go out into the vineyard. And the first son said, no, I will not go out. He defies him. But then later on, he changes his mind. And he goes out into the vineyard. And then he says to the second son, son, go out into the vineyard. And the son says, yeah, I'll do it. And he changes his mind and he doesn't do it. And so they ask him, of course, which did the father's will? We know it's the first son. It's the one that did it. I have a, a friend, uh, a family that have a few kids, but they have two boys especially that um, are like opposite, and uh, their names are Matthew and John, and uh, Matthew is the, the older one, 
And they said whenever they ask Matthew to do a chore in the house, he just fights them up and down, left and right, drags, you know, just kind of drags it all out. And when they're done, they're exhausted, he'll do the work that he was supposed to do, but he just has to, like, argue through it. And then the other son, John, will instantly say, oh, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, and never does it. And the parents told me they actually prefer John because they don't have to go through all that fighting with him. But God prefers that we wrestle with him. He prefers that we wrestle with him and actually engage with God before we decide to do or not to do something. And I think, especially in our world today, we have a lot of difficult issues, um, a lot of things that are becoming more difficult because the world is becoming less and less aligned with God's truth. And so the more that we become less aligned with God's truth, the more that we don't believe that God's ways are fair. We don't believe that uh, the commandments that he's given to us are good. Well, I guess what I would invite us to do is actually, instead of just saying, ah, I'm going to do my own thing, like actually engage with God. Say, why have you given this commandment? We hear the prophets warning all throughout the Old Testament, then Jesus comes and he warns, and then after Jesus suffers, dies, rises, uh, ascends, he sends the Holy Spirit onto his church. And so the church is now the prophetic voice of God. And there's issues in our church that can be difficult for some of us. And those issues I would just invite us to, to wrestle with to try to like grapple with God and say, why is this teaching me? Why are you teaching this? As opposed to just saying, oh, I'm not going to listen to him, I'll do my own thing. Just like the priest and the cab driver, right? We're supposed to engage with God, just like those two brothers. We're supposed to engage with God. And it's okay if you disagree with God, but at least tell him that and wrestle with him and read and study the church teaching. Find, find out why. The church teaches what it does, and don't so easily dismiss it. And hopefully when we come to the ends of our lives, we can say that we have converted. We have turned to our God. We have obeyed his decrees. So my brothers and sisters, if there is, and there probably is for all of us, a church teaching that we struggle with, I just invite you to wrestle with it, to pray about it ask God, to study, to read about it, to go online and, and just learn what you can about it. Because he does want us to know his will. <coughs> he wants us to do his will, not to make our lives miserable, but to make our lives the most joyful, happy, wonderful lives that we can have, and then finally join him in eternal life.